the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 56. This is the fifth in a series on a study of the Book of Romans called Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we've talked about in the first four episodes, starting in Romans chapter 1, Paul is leading up to Romans chapter 3. He spent some time talking to both the Jews and the Gentiles about where they're coming from, establishing that we are sinners, establishing that we're in a state of broken relationship with God, so he can get to chapter 4, where he deals with And so what? And so what does Jesus have to do about that? But before we get there, we get this culmination of it here in Romans 3, starting in verse 9. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouth are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I'm tempted at this point to just say... And thanks for coming, good night all. But let's go into this rather negative series of verses, a little more details, and figure out where Paul is coming from. First of all, Paul is quoting here from the Psalms as he's doing this particular series of verses from a number of different Psalms, Psalm 14, Ecclesiastes 7 also, Psalm 5. So a lot of this is coming from different places in the Psalms where the writer of the Psalms, which was a hymn book for the Jewish worship, is complaining about the people and how they are acting out in this broken relationship of sin with the number of things that they're doing. But Paul has finally gotten to the conclusion here that he has been leading up to, which is, what shall we conclude? We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are under sin. There's no one that's righteous, not even one. And this is important because Paul is trying to establish a need for what Jesus brings. So if you were to tell someone that there is a rare African disease and the good news is we just found a cure, they're going to have a very different reaction if you tell them that just by itself or if the first thing you tell them is, by the way, you have a rare fatal African disease but we've just found a cure for it. It's a very different conversation, and Paul is trying to establish, before he goes into the cure, what the disease is. And the disease is this broken relationship with God, this sin. And these many different ways that it plays out, these many different symptoms of it that he talks about are their tongues practice deceit, poison is on their lips, their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, are all ways that that broken relationship plays out. They are symptoms of that disease. And he goes on to say, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. 
Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of sin. So, what this means is the law, the written Old Testament series of regulations, the things that tell us what God likes and doesn't like, and tells us that we are called to do the things that God likes, and we're called not to do the things that God doesn't like. It has a number of different things that we are called to do. He says, through that, no one achieved righteousness. No one was able to keep that whole account. We see that in Jesus' teaching in the Gospels when he says, okay, you you look at the law and you think you're righteous, but you're not understanding what it is that the law is saying. You're not understanding that when the law says don't murder, those of you who hate your brother are already breaking it. Even though you haven't actually killed your brother, you have broken the spirit of what it is. You have, you're going against the will of God. You're, you're not being proved righteous by the law, but it is a standard against your which you're being measured and you're falling short. Those of you who look at a woman with lust are adulterers. Those, so Jesus holds up an even higher standard. And what Paul says is the standard of the law, this perfection, this if we could keep this series of rules, then we would be right with God. We all fall short somewhere. We don't keep the truth always. We don't always look and put others' needs ahead of ourselves, love our neighbors ourselves. Whatever it is, we fall short. And that's what he's saying here. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those under the law, so that every mouth be silenced and the whole world accountable to God. No one can boast. No one can say, I have kept all of this. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. You can't work your way to righteousness by following all the rules. Not that the rules are bad. He'll get into that later on. But what they do is, having all these rules makes us conscious of sin. It makes us aware of this brokenness that keeps us from following all the rules. And he'll get into that in more details as we walk through this later on. The chapter goes on and says, But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Okay, let's take that all apart. That's a rather complicated but very, very important paragraph. He says, A righteousness has come from God apart from the law. Okay, you cannot work your way to righteousness from God. Righteousness, being right with God, being being in right relationship with God. You can't get there on your own. You cannot follow all the rules perfectly all the time. So he said, God has now provided a different path to that 
to being made right with him. And it says that this is what the law and the prophets testify to, that they are pointing the way to this different path, which is Jesus. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus for all who believe. Okay, so this is the good news we've finally gotten here, that you can't do it on your own, but you don't have to. There's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace. And grace is one of those words that we throw around a bit. It, we're not talking about the prayer that we say before meals. Grace is when we get something that is good that we do not deserve. Mercy is when we don't get something bad that we really do deserve, when we avoid punishment. But grace is when we've been given something freely. And it says here that we are justified freely by his grace. So we didn't earn our way there, but we were given this as a gift through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And when we redeem something, the word here is to to buy back out of slavery is really the, the context here. So we have been redeemed by what Jesus did on the cross God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement. Atonement is that price that is paid for sin, and Jesus is the sin offering. He is the sacrifice of atonement. He is the Lamb of God that is slain. He is that offering that is given, that when he dies on the cross, he pays that price through faith in his blood. He makes us right with God because he pays the penalty. So, We have broken the rules, somebody needs to pay the penalty, and he says, I'll do it. And now we are right with God because God is still just. He is still someone who is saying, this is the penalty, it has to be paid. But he is also loving in the sense that he says, then, and I'll take that penalty on my son. He does that to demonstrate justice, he says. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So, The rules still apply, the penalty still applies for breaking the rules, but the penalty has been paid, and so we are all justified, whether Jew or Gentile, by Jesus' act, his sacrifice on the cross, which is that penalty, which is that sacrifice that then closes the gap between us and God. And therefore we can't boast, it says. This is not something we have earned, this is something we have been given. And we'll spend more time in the future talking about this, but that is the good news that Paul has been working his way up to here is we've been made right with God through a gift. And with that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.